Saskatchewan.com. Time now for Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Now, here's your host, Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. Construction has started this spring on a $24 million fertilizer distribution center west of Regina at Belle Plaine. Bob Friesen with Genesis Grain and Fertilizer says the project is financed by 600 farmer members. Yes, it's very momentous. And you know something, we, we plan to have, a, we plan to have a, a bigger, more substantial celebration down the road. But uh, the construction company was ready to go. We needed to start uh, turning the soil as soon as we possibly could. And so uh, we did put something together for a saw turning uh, last week. But again, we will have a bigger celebration coming down the road. But it is very momentous. You know something? We have been working towards this day for uh, quite some time. Farmers have been looking forward to it. They continue to ask us how we're getting along. And so, yes, it's, uh, it's great stuff. And Stuvey Construction, the construction company that we've chosen to build the uh, the super center, they are experts in building fertilizer super centers, fertilizer storage. That's all they do. And so we're very happy to have them there. They plan to start doing concrete work uh, middle of May. So it's great. What are the key advantages that farmers will have from this? First of all, uh, it's going to be farmer investors that create the market. And so it'll be farmer investors that own their own fertilizer distribution company. And and by doing it that way, we plan to accrue the retail margin for farmers that own the, uh, own the company. And so we already know that that's uh, at least between $50 and $80 a ton. And so by, uh, by owning uh, this distribution company, farmers will be able to put a substantial amount of that into, uh, into their own pockets. The other thing that's really great about this, uh, Jim, is, is we've had the opportunity to tour a lot of uh, super centers uh, in Canada and in the U.S. And it has given us the ability to pick the best parts of each super center and put it into one. And that's exactly what we're going to have at, uh, at Bell Plain. We've got state-of-the-art equipment that's going to go in. Uh, we're going to be able to receive 600 tons uh, of fertilizer an hour. We're going to be able to blend and load around between 500 and 600 ton uh, of fertilizer an hour. We're actually also putting in a Wolf Tracks micronutrient blending system, which is the first of its kind in Canada. And so we've just, I, we're, we're very excited about the uh, the super center itself that farmers are now going to own uh, own a super center and it's the beginning of the business plan where we plan to uh, to build seven of these in in western canada so that's very good news and so uh, farmers are now going to be owning their own fertilizer distribution company they will be able to accrue as much of the uh, retail margin as possible and they will have a state-of-the-art facility. I understand it's financed by roughly 600 farmer members. When do you hope to have construction complete? It's scheduled to be completed in December, and so it should be uh, fully operational by uh, by next spring. You hope to build, as you said, a total of seven fertilizer distribution centers. This is all part of Project N, the $2 billion fertilizer plant to be built near Bell Plain. How's that coming along? Well, it's let, let me put it this way. It's a project alongside Project N. They are separate projects. One, of course, is Genesis Fertili- uh, Grain and Fertilizer, which is a fertilizer distribution uh, company. The other one is Project N. Of course, once Project N is manufacturing fertilizer, then Genesis uh, Grain and Fertilizer will be the company that distributes that fertilizer. Project N is moving along as well. That, as you know, is a a very large, complicated project. And so 
you know, we've probably been a victim of our own enthusiasm on, on some of this. It's it's taking a little bit longer than we expected, but it's still moving forward. We're uh, on the verge now of submitting the technical project permit to the provincial government. They've already assured us that they will give us a very fast turnaround on that, which includes all the environmental work. We are also uh, in the process of working with a strategic third-party investor close to what I believe is going to be a memorandum of understanding. And so that's moving forward as well. And so, yes, I mean, we're, we're getting impatient on Project N as well, but that is moving forward. But I tell you, it's great news that we will now be able to start seeing some bricks and mortar. You know, and it's really important. Farmers have been with us on, this, on these two projects right since we started four years ago. Farmers have been right there. They've been enthusiastic about it. But, uh, of course, they've, they've also been in the same position that we have been where we would really like to see some bricks and mortar, and, and, and so we will finally see that. And that's, that's great news, and that poises us perfectly for moving forward on the next six super centers as well. Genesis Grain and Fertilizer is a farmer-owned company led by the group Farmers of North America. We're still waiting for the federal government to introduce new legislation on grain movement by rail. The clock is ticking with MPs starting their Easter break Thursday and Parliament resumes sitting May 1st. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture held board meetings in the nation's capital last week and spent time with officials in the Ministry of Transport and Canadian Transportation Agency. APAS President Todd Lewis says there was no indication the issue is being put on the back burner. Jim, we were down in Ottawa for Canadian Federation of Agriculture uh, board meetings and uh, also uh, Sask Wheat and Sask Barley. Some of their members were down there, board members, and so our coalition, we went around and visited with some of the, the various players there in the uh, in Ottawa, Transportation Agency, uh, the uh, uh, actually spent some time with uh, Judy Scrow, she's the uh, chair of the Standing Committee on uh, Transportation and uh, also met with some officials from Ralph Goodale's office and and uh, some other MPs as well. And all intents and purposes, they're still planning the, the schedule is to uh, get the legislation out before the House stands for the summer, but time's getting short. So as far as they were concerned last week, they were still going to try and get the bill at least on the table, but time will tell. The uh, window's getting shorter and shorter for them to uh, put it on the agenda for uh, this Springs Parliament. What are some of the key issues you want to see key reforms needed? Well, certainly, you know, our list, the uh, inter-switching provisions uh, continued, uh, certainly uh, reciprocal penalties between the uh, grain companies and the railroads if uh, the railroads aren't uh, shipping in a timely fashion that they're, they uh, have to pay some penalties for it. Certainly uh, more transparency in the entire system so, you know, we, we can uh, gauge how good a job the railways are doing. Certainly, uh there needs to be more information out. Uh, it's a lot more transparent in our neighbors to the states. As, for instance, uh, you know what they transport and how they transport and when they transport is all pretty important for uh, you know even things like price of transparency as well. So those are some of the major issues. And I guess the big thing you know that we tried to hammer or just to absolutely make sure that even if the bill isn't passed, you know, in this sitting, certainly the uh, Fair Rails Act has an end date again uh, on August 31st. So certainly those regulations that did put some of the temporary measures in place as far as inter-switching and some of the other pieces that were put in place, you know, and extended last summer that they get extended again, you know, into the fall and so on until they can get the, the legislation passed. So it doesn't need actual legislation if they don't get to it. You could just ask them to extend the actual regulations. Regulations. 
Yeah, and I, you know, Jim, I don't know how the how the uh, how that uh, nuts and bolts of that work if they have to uh, put it through Parliament or if it's just a simple, uh, you know, order and council or what the terms are. But certainly, one way or the other, we, you know, we need to see the uh, continuance of what's put, been put in place and hopefully some strengthening of the, these measures uh, when the new legis- legislation is we'll get, get to have when we do finally get get to look at it. Lewis says there doesn't seem to be any political opposition in Ottawa to the grain transportation proposals, and he hopes for speedy passage of the legislation. Grain transportation has been improved at many locations this winter, even though there are reports that some small block shippers have struggled to get enough rail cars to meet sales obligations. The Market Update on The Source, 620 CKRM. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola fell 40 cents at 473.80. Oats rose one cent at one forty four ninety six. Number one red spring wheat dropped twenty nine cents at two twenty four seventy six. The rest were unchanged. Durham two sixty seven forty six. Feed barley one twenty four fourteen. Flax four eighty four zero two. Yellow peas three hundred sixteen dollars. Feed wheat one thirty six forty eight. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, May wheat was down two and three quarter cents at five sixteen and a half a bushel. Yeah. And now the latest livestock report. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of April 11th. At our last sale, we sold 2,300 head of cattle on a high market. D1 and 2 cows sold between 95 cents and $1.10. D3 cows, 80 to 95 cents. Good butcher bulls sold between $1.20 and $1.45. Now all of the steer calves in the sale, uh, between 400 and 450 pounds average, Two dollars and thirty-four cents, and sold up to two forty. All of the steers between four fifty and five hundred pounds averaged two twenty-three, sold up to two forty as well. All of the steer calves in the sale between five hundred and five hundred fifty pounds averaged two dollars and sixteen cents, sold up to two thirty-five. Five fifty to six hundred pound steers averaged two oh nine, sold up to two twenty-six. All of the steers between six hundred and six hundred and fifty pounds averaged two dollars and two cents, sold up to two nineteen. At six hundred and fifty to seven hundred pound steers averaged a dollar ninety-three, sold up to two fourteen, and all of the steers between seven and eight hundred pounds averaged a dollar eighty-one, sold up to two dollars, and eight to nine hundred pound steers averaged a dollar sixty-seven, sold up to a dollar seventy-nine. Uh, the heifers were 20 to 25 cents back for the most part, unless they were replacement quality heifers, which sometimes bring as much as the steers. And yes, there are more than one class of heifers. There are feeding quality heifers and there are breeding quality heifers. This has been Roy Rutledge sitting in for Steppy Dig. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,000 hogs Monday, selling in a range of 149 to 151 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,000 heads, selling in a range of 147 to 149 per CKG. Number one sows delivered to Winnipeg this week are selling in the range of 79 to $93 per CKG live weight. Cash hogs today are called lower, while lean hogs are trading lower and the Canadian dollar is steady, trading at 0.7502 cents US. Cash hogs yesterday were down 69 cents per hundred weight, while the cutout was up $1.42 per hundred weight. Packer margins are currently estimated at $30 per head black. Pork exports and domestic demand has been excellent and has helped absorb some of the extra supply. Trade to China is also expected to increase going forward. A rally is expected as butcher supplies drop off in the spring. Coming up, the farm weather forecast.